Hello, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 15 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Now to show this by further analogies. The one who is filled with good things is just like many a man who enjoys an abundance of comforts at home in his own house. God grants him a pleasant home, a good wife, and fine walks and gardens, and he has all things at home that he could desire. Now such a man does not care much for going out. Other men are fain to go out and see friends because they have quarreling and contending at home. Many poor husbands will give this reason. If their wives moan and complain of their faults and shortcomings, they make it their excuse to go out because they can never be quiet at home. Now we account those men most happy who have everything at home, those who have confined homes that are unpleasant and evil-smelling delight to go into the fresh air, but it is not so with many others that have good things at home. Those who have no good cheer at home are fain to go out to friends, but those whose tables are well furnished would as soon stay at home. So, a carnal man has little contentment in his own spirit. It is Augustine who likens a bad conscience to a scolding wife. A man who has a bad conscience does not care to look into his own soul, but loves to be out and to look into other things he never looks to himself. But one who has a good conscience delights in looking into his own heart. He has a good conscience within him. A carnal heart seeks his contentment elsewhere because there is nothing but a filthy stink, vileness, and baseness within himself. As it is with a vessel that is full of liquor, if you strike it, it will make no great noise, but if it is empty, then it makes a great noise. So it is with the heart, a heart that is full of grace and goodness within will bear a great many strokes and never make any noise. But if an empty heart is struck, it will make a noise. When some men and women are complaining so much and always whining, it is a sign that there is an emptiness in their hearts. If their hearts were filled with grace, they would not make such a noise. A man whose bones are filled with marrow, and his veins with good blood, does not complain of the cold as others do. So a gracious heart, having the Spirit of God within him, and his heart filled with grace, has that within him that makes him find contentment. It was a saying of Seneca, those things that I suffer will be incredibly heavy when I cannot 
spare myself. But if I am no burden to myself, if all is quiet within my own heart, then I can bear anything. Many men, through their wickedness, have burdens outside, but the greatest burden is the wickedness of their own hearts. They are not burdened with their sins in a godly way, for that would ease their burden, but they still have their wickedness in its power, and so they are burdens to themselves. The disorders of men's hearts are great burdens to them, but many times a godly man has enough within to content him. Virtue is content with itself to live well. It is a saying of Cicero in one of his paradoxes. It finds enough within its own sphere for living happily. But how few are acquainted with this mystery? Many think, oh, if I had what another man has, how happily and comfortably should I live? But if you are a Christian, whatever your condition, you have enough within yourself, you'll say, such and such men who have all things need not be beholden to anybody. There are many who labor and take pains when they are young, that they might not be beholden to others. They love to live of themselves. Now a Christian may do so. Not that he does not live upon God, I do not mean that, but upon what he has of God within himself. He can live upon that, although he does not enjoy the comforts that are outside himself. That is what I mean. And those who are godly and keep close to God in their communion with him will understand what I mean by saying that a Christian has the supply of all his wants within himself. Here you may see that the spirit of a Christian is a precious spirit. A godly spirit is precious. Why? Because it has enough to make him happy within himself. The next thing that the mystery of contentment consists in is this, that a gracious heart gets its supply of all things from the covenant and so comes to have contentment, which is a dry thing to a carnal spirit. There are two things in this. Number one, he gets contentment from the covenant in general, that is, from the great covenant that God has made with him in Christ. Number two, he gets it from the particular promises that God has made with him in the covenant. Number one, from the covenant in general. I will give you one scripture for that which is very striking. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Second Samuel 23, 5
It is a wonderful statement by David, who did not have the covenant of grace revealed as fully as we have. Mark what he says. Although I find not my house so, that is, so comfortable in every way as I would wish, although it is not so, what has he got to content his spirit, he says. He has made with me an everlasting covenant. This is what helps in everything. Some men will say, I am not thus and thus with God. I do not find that God comes in so fully, or it is not with my house and family as I hoped it might be. Perhaps there is this or that affliction upon my house. Suppose the plague were to come into your house, and it is not so safe, and you do not enjoy such outward comfort in your house as you once did. Can you read this scripture and say, Although my house is not so blessed with health as other men's houses are, although my house is not so, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant. I am still one in covenant with God. The Lord has made with me an everlasting covenant. As for these things in the world, I see they are but momentary. They are not everlasting. I see a family in which all was well only a week ago, and now everything is down. The plague has swept away a great many of them, and the rest are left in sadness and mourning. We see there is no resting in the things of this world, yet The Lord has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things. I find disorder in my heart, in my family, but the everlasting covenant is ordered in all things, yes, and it is sure. Alas, there is no certainty here in these things. We can be sure of nothing here especially in these times. We know that a man can be sure of little that he has, and who can be sure of his wealth? Perhaps some of you here have lived well and comfortably before all was well about you, and you thought your mountain was strong, but within a day or two you see everything taken away from you. There is no certainty in the things of this world. But he says, the covenant is sure. What I venture at sea is not sure. But here is an insurance office indeed, a great insurance office for the saints, at which they are not charged except in the exercising of grace, for they may go to this insurance office to ensure everything that they venture, either to have the thing itself or to be paid for it. In an insurance office, you cannot be sure to have the very goods that you insured, but if they are lost, the insurers pledge themselves to make it good to you. And this covenant of grace 
that God has made with his people is God's insurance office. And the saints, in all their fears, may and ought to go to the covenant to insure all things, to insure their wealth and insure their lives. You will say, how are they sure their lives and wealth go as well as other people's do? But God pledges himself to make up all and mark what follows. This is all my salvation. Why, David, will you not have salvation from your enemies and from outward dangers, pestilence, and plague? The frame of his spirit is quieted as though to say, If that salvation comes well and good, I shall praise God for it. But what I have in the covenant, that is my salvation. I look upon that as enough. Yes, and he goes further. This is all my salvation and all my desire. Why, David, is there not something else that you would like to have besides this covenant? No, he says, it is all involved in this. Surely those men or women must needs live contented lives who have all their desires? Now, says the holy man here, this is all my desire, though he make it not to grow. For all this covenant, perhaps, you will not prosper in the world as other men do, true, but I can bear that. Though God does not make my house to grow, I have all my desires. And this concludes episode 15 of Jeremiah Burroughs, The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment.